The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to bromleytownchurch.com. Amen. Blessed the Lord. Um, Right, let's just read a, a passage from the scripture which is going to come up on the screen to you now. Luke 18, verses 1 to 8. Luke 18, verses 1 to 8. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither... There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. Right, okay, sorry. You know how sometimes you read something and it's like, whoa, hang on a second. I'm there now, okay. If the rest of you are there, that's fine. So this judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people, a widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? Now we just read that at the beginning because I want to underline to you I tell you, I can read this verse as well if you like, I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly, but when the Son of Man returns, how many will, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? Amen, that's a powerful verse. The reading of this uh, passage is just to remind us what we're talking about. Last week, we were talking about building a house of prayer, and we believe that this church should be that. Every church should be that, because Jesus has said that my house the place of my dwelling, the place where I am among my people and amongst my people, that place should be a place of prayer. It should be a house of prayer. It should be a place where prayer is continuing and where prayer is going. And the reason that Jesus told that story, which I've just read to you, is this. Right at the beginning, it tells us the reason. It says that people should always pray and not give up. People should always pray and not give up. Now, I could just preach at this moment a sermon which is really all about the obstacles to prayer. Because you know what? We don't really need to preach about the things that prayer does, although we do because that encourages us. But really, it's not about the things that prayer does. It's about what stops us, what hinders us, what prevents us, what comes against us. When we look at those things, we find the things that stop us and which prevent us moving deeper into a place of prayer. I was moved with what Johnny just said at the end there about his neighbour. His neighbour passed away and there was a conversation which said like, wow, we never had the opportunity to share the gospel with that person. And you know, like, we can all think of situations like that and, you know, none of us is going to put any blame because we don't, wow, 
There's times when we can be good at that, when we can be difficult, or we had a bit of a conversation, but we were waiting for that conversation to go deeper or to, you know, to connect more. And there's all sorts of things that confuse us or put them off and things like that. But we just want to be focused upon making sure that we do the best that we can. But God has called us to reach all of our neighbors and friends. That's what, we're not positioned where we are by accident. It's not a mistake that you're in the flat or the house or the road or the district where you are. God knows exactly where you are. So there's purpose in where you are. Now, as I say, we could talk at length about that, but the issue is, did that guy hear the gospel? Now, I'm just going to use this as an example. Did he hear the gospel or not? And Johnny was just feeling the pressure, the heartache about that situation. That all of us have been called to share the gospel. That thing... Whether we can put it into words or not, that stops us. Why didn't I share with this guy? Well, he's a difficult guy to talk to. I didn't always see him. I don't know what to say. I know there's a thousand and one reasons which we all feel. But we also need to recognize that we are here for purpose to reach souls. That's what we're here for. Now, whatever that gap is, whatever that fear is, whatever that blockage is, one of the things that we can deal with it is through prayer. Prayer is about connection with God. And prayer leads us into a place where we are more connected, in a deeper relationship, listening to what he has to say, understanding what he is seeking to us, feeling the burden of his heart in our own lives, getting connection with God so that we can understand what he is wanting from us. It is through prayer that we do that. And you know that as we pray more, so our hearts are moved more. Sometimes we can even feel God say, I want you to go and see that person now. There's a pressure that comes upon us in a new way through prayer because he's saying, I want you to go and see that person. I want you to get to say this. And we might resist in prayer. We might feel all sorts of battles in prayer. But what I'm saying is, if we want to press through that barrier, which we don't always know how to press through with, to see people saved and to see fruitfulness for the kingdom, then we need to come to God in prayer. And we need to offer ourselves to him. Last week we did ask this question, what is prayer? And I said that prayer is basically connection with God. And that is what it is. It's relationship with him. How is your relationship with God? This idea that prayer is relationship with God is encouraging, but it's also challenging. It's encouraging because we realize that through prayer we can develop and deepen our relationship with him. So that's an encouragement. You know what? It's open to every one of us. If you're thinking to yourself, I'd like to have a stronger relationship with God. I'd like to know God better. I'd like to understand his ways. I'd like to understand his purposes. Well, great. You've got an opportunity. Pray. Seek him. Ask him. So that's the encouragement in it. But what's the challenge? The challenge is, is when we look at ourselves and we ask ourselves, well, how is my prayer life? What is it like? And we just take a little bit of an examination of what it's like for us. That gives an indication of what our relationship is like. It's true. Every relationship needs working at. Marriage needs working at. It's not like when you get married day one, all it does is improve from that time. I'm just looking around just to see certain smiles, little nods. You know, we're just going to glance over this fairly lightly. I can't remember how many years ago I was married. 35, nearly 36 years ago. I'm still getting used to it. 
That's what I'm saying. I'm still, I'm still learning. Sometimes the curve gets very steep. But we're learning all the time. That's relationship. If anybody tells you differently, they're not telling you the truth. I didn't say that we don't learn about things. You learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about how you need to be patient. You know a lot about how you need to change. You learn a lot about your ways, which you thought were right and the best, but they're not always. You learn in relationship, but you have to give to that relationship. You have to sow into that relationship. You have to, to give your strength, your energy into that relationship to enable it to improve. And that's the same, if it's not marriage, it's the same with a friendship. Because you know that if you didn't speak to your friend for months or years, several years, decades, Sometimes you can pick up, but you need, to find, you need to make some space. You need to do some work to bring that relationship back. We understand these things, don't we? It's truth. That's the reality of life. Why then do we think it's different with God? Why do we think we can get away with just, well, whenever I feel like it? Is that how you want to be treated in your relationships? Whenever I feel like it. Whenever it suits me. You say, like, well, my friend's selfish. Hello? See, that's the advantage. The advantage with prayer is that we can go to God and say, God, I need you. I don't understand you. Reveal yourself to me. Help me to deepen in my relationship with you. Open myself up to you. Enable me to know you better. That's the great thing about prayer. It builds relationship with him. But also when we reflect upon the fact, well, maybe my prayer life is just come and go. It's as you please. It's when I feel like it. And you realize, well, what sort of a relationship am I really carrying before God? Does it have depth? Does it have sincerity about it? So it's a challenge, and it's an encouragement to us as well. For us to be able to pray, we need to be able to come to him. And for us to come to him, we must believe that he exists. Hebrews 11 verse 6, Without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek after him. And Psalm 46 verse 10, we read last week, be still and know that I am God. Such an important scripture. Sometimes you just need to say it to yourself, oh my goodness, stop! And you just find, wow, let me just take stock here. Let me just think about God. Let me just position myself before God. Let me just find out and remember what he is like because there's so much that's going on around us. The word says, be still and know. Know. Not just acknowledge, know. And that knowing means a deeper connection with our hearts. Know that I am God. We need to focus on his character and what he is like, because that's a great encouragement to us. You know, I know that a number of people pray in tongues have the ability to pray in tongues. And it's a, a blessed gift that the Holy Spirit can give to us. I believe that the Holy Spirit can give it to each one of us. But I know also maybe not everybody is in that place to be able to speak in other tongues. But if you do, I want to speak to you right now. And I want to ask you this question. Do you use the gift that has been given to you? Or do you just let it sit? Paul, the Apostle Paul, he said in Corinthians, he says, I pray in tongues more than any of you. Now, that just gives us a little bit of an indication. It could be useful. 
It is useful. You know, sometimes with prayer, oftentimes in prayer, I think to myself, I don't know what I should be praying for. You know, you have a whole raft of issues, but sometimes you think, I don't know where to start. I don't quite know what to do. If you have the ability to pray in tongues, you can just start there, and it starts to open your spirit up. When you come to prayer, as I've said before, there's three people involved. I've learned this. I found it very helpful. There's God, there's you, and there's the enemy that wants to oppose you. There's three people involved. When you start opening your spirit up and praying in tongues, you don't need to understand the words. You don't understand the words because you're speaking in a language that you don't know. But it also says in the Bible, it says that anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. It's like you've picked up the direct line. There used to be the fact that there was this phone in the White House that went straight to the Kremlin, so that between the two superpowers, they could actually talk about you know, nuclear missiles and things like that. There was the direct line. I don't know whether that is actually in existence still or what, but it doesn't really matter. The point is that there is a direct line that we can have between heaven and earth or in this case, between earth going up to heaven. We can pick it up. So I just want to say to you, if you have the ability to speak in tongues, don't let it sit on the shelf. Make use of it, because it is there to open your spirit. You can start speaking in tongues. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm doing. But it starts to help you, to stir you. It starts to help you to break through the opposition that sometimes comes against your prayer. Make use of that. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. It says, so there is something about doing that and using that gift that builds you up. It strengthens. The word edify is that, uh, like you get a buttress up against a, a, a church building or something, um, something that will support a wall, something that is adding strength to a wall, keeping it in place. As you are praying in tongues, it's building you up, it's keeping you in place, it's strengthening you in the purposes of God. So don't let that just slip by. So easy to say, oh yeah, I did. I, I prayed in tongues once. Once? Twice? In the name of Jesus, let's use that gift so that we can come to his presence. You can, the Holy Spirit will allow you to pray in tongues and then to switch into English so you can start to understand exactly what you're saying. So just, I would say that as an encouragement. This is not really what I wanted to talk about. I'll just say that as an encouragement to you. This week, this week we want to entitle the message Being Real with God. Being Real with God. I want to look at three things that we need to be real with God about so that nothing will hinder our prayers and indeed our prayer life can grow and be established. These three things are our hearts, our ways, our attitudes. So first of all, we're going to look at our hearts. Being real with God, our hearts. And there's a scripture that comes with this. Proverbs 23 verse 26. It says this, my son, Give me your heart and let your eyes keep to my ways. Give me your heart. Right at the beginning, Samuel mentioned a scripture about our hearts are so important because you know, we need to guard our hearts because there's so much that's happening in our hearts. And you know what? Sometimes we do guard our hearts. Let me ask you a question. Do you remember your first love? The first person who attracted you, whether it's a, you're a young Girl growing up and it's his first guy, you thought, wow, he's wonderful. Or as a guy, you saw a girl and you thought, wow, she is wonderful. Your first love tends to stick at you. Have that in your mind. It's a special person. 
But what happens with your first love is you start to suddenly find, oh, that feeling of love coming upon you. And your heart starts to get excited. And you start to share with that other person deeper things of your life. You start to open up. You start to tell people about what you're like. And as that love grows, you start to reveal more of yourself. Because that's what really love does. It causes us to be unafraid. It causes us to be unashamed. It builds us up. It strengthens us. And as you deepen that relationship, you find you're opening up and you're telling the secrets of your life because you feel, here is somebody who understands me. Here is somebody who believes in me. Here is somebody who loves me. Here is somebody who wants me for who I am. Here is somebody who doesn't reject me. They want me. And so you open up more and more. But then suddenly one day you find that that first love is devoting their love to somebody else. And then you feel like broken and heart, literally heartbroken. I see some of you are going back to tears now because you can remember that time. I didn't bring you away from that. I just want you, you understand what I'm talking about. Opening our hearts. And you know what happens in that? The first love, oh, wonderful. And then you feel the pain because somebody let you down, somebody rejected you, suddenly you felt lost, suddenly you felt disappointed, suddenly you felt let down, suddenly you felt hurt, and so what do you do? I'll just protect myself a little bit from that. So you carry on with life, you let it heal, but when the next person comes along, or if there's another person that you've got a relationship with, you're a little bit more careful, because I remember what happened last time. You understand what I mean? That's called protecting your heart. But what does God ask us to do? He asks us to give us, give him our hearts. Well, you know what, Lord, I'll, I'll give you my heart, but I remember some of the other people I've given my heart to. They hurt me. They disappointed me. They let me down. They said something that was nasty. They suddenly gave me their love, and then they seemed to snatch it away from me. And, I'm, you know, like, so I'm putting a little bit of protection around here. You know what? I need to protect myself. But that's not what God wants. His love is consistent. He never changes. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is what he has said. I am faithful. I will never forsake you. I will never leave you. And we can remember many other scriptures like that. But you see, God is there for us. And he is the perfect person who loves us. He's the perfect father. But he wants us to give our hearts to him. In truth, in truth, many of us, if not all of us, have been wounded in some way in our hearts that we tend to just, just shut that little bit off. And so we give our hearts completely, which means we give ourselves 80%, 90%. So completely, but God is not looking for completely as in 80% or 90%. God is looking for one hundred percent of our hearts. He wants us to abandon ourselves to him. He wants us to open our hearts to him. When it comes to God, he doesn't want us to protect our hearts. He wants us to completely open our hearts because he is faithful. He is loving. He is merciful and he is there to help us. But you know that we can hold back and that holding back affects our relationship with him. So I want to say to you, when it comes to prayer and the deepening of our relationship, 
We want to actually be completely open-hearted. And this is something that actually we need to pray into. We need to ask God to help us with. Because there's many things that we've been through and we never realised that it caused woundedness and therefore that we brought self-protection in. Might be something to do with our parents. Might be something to do with our first love or relationship that we've had. It might be something to do with our brothers and sisters that have let us down or said something really nasty against us or done and behaved in a certain way that we just say, I'm going to protect myself. You know, sometimes you find yourself saying, well, I'm never going to let that happen again. It's those sorts of situations. And you know what? Sometimes they go completely from our minds because as time goes on, we just move on. We move on. You see, what we didn't realize, we moved on, but we left the protection in place. And those layers of protection, self-protection, I should say, those layers of self-protection can sometimes block us from being open-hearted to God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bow before you to ask that you would have mercy on each one of us. Father, where we have brought up barriers and protection over our hearts because of the things that others have done to us, because of the things that have happened to us, we pray in the name of Jesus that those barriers and limitations would be removed, that before you, O oh God, we would be open-hearted and that we would be able to open our lives completely to you, that what you desire, you would achieve in our lives. Lord, that when we say we surrender to you, it means that we give our hearts to you and we trust you completely to do what you are able to do. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that the spirit of fear would not have any authority over us any longer. But Lord, as we gaze upon the majesty that is yours, you would cause our hearts to be open completely to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now I say it is something that's worth to praying into because we can say, Lord, I... There's nothing. I've got nothing in my heart. I've got nothing I'm holding against you. Uh, but we can just say, but Lord, if I'm a bit mistaken there, if I haven't remembered, please can you bring that back to my mind so that I can remember it. And God will do that because he is faithful to us. But the first thing we want to look at, being real with God means we want to have hearts that are completely open to him because God wants our hearts. Second thing, our, first thing, our hearts. Second thing, our ways our ways. This really touches on something that we could talk about perhaps as a whole session, but obviously we're not going to. This touches on the issue of do all my prayers get answered? That question. Does every prayer that I ask, does that get answered? Because let's be honest, it is a question that we've asked and it's a question that we wonder about. Because here is God who's supposed to be helpful and all around us and you know everything almighty, omnipotent, all those sorts of things. And yet still we come back to the fact, but I've prayed about this and I don't seem to have got a result. So this helps us a little bit with that. We're going to read just two scriptures here. Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2, first of all. I think this is from the New Living Translation. Listen, listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too deaf to hear you call. Hallelujah. Verse 2, it's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. Our 
ways. When I say our ways, by that I mean the way that we live, the things that we do. Isaiah 59 verses 1 and 2, listen, the arm of the Lord is not too short. Sorry, the second verse I want to read, 2 Chronicles 7.14, a very familiar uh, scripture when it comes to prayer. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now, both of these are encouraging in one sense, but both of these scriptures give us indications that there are some blockages, some hindrances when it comes to prayer. There's the issue of the way that we're walking in. The sins, our sins have cut us off from God. Or have we humbled ourselves? Are we praying and seeking the face of God? Are we turning from our wicked ways? Because when we do those things, God says, then I will hear. Then I will hear. So there's things that we can be doing which actually are in our lives that can be causing God. It's not so much that he doesn't hear. It's almost that he's saying like, whoa, I can't, I can't look. I'm, I'm having to get away from that. It's something that's rather horrendous to him that he's turning away from it. Now, this is a little difficult because some of us are thinking like, well, God is always for us. He is always for us. But he's also looking at our hearts. And we haven't understood that as Christians, he's looking for us to continually walk in his ways, the ways of his kingdom. There are rules and regulations for his kingdom, just as there are rules and regulations for us to live in the United Kingdom. There's laws of the land. Well, there's laws of this land which need to be obeyed because we know that if we disobey the laws of this land, we can stand with problems when it comes to justice. If we get caught by the police for speeding or something, you know what? Okay, I get a speeding ticket. It's, I don't like it, but it's the law of the land. As there are laws in this land, there are laws of the kingdom of God. The law of the kingdom of God, one of them is, love your neighbor as yourself. You shall have no other gods before me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and understanding. These are laws of the kingdom of God. These are the rules and regulations of his kingdom. These are the things that make up the way which the kingdom people should walk in. But we're not living completely in heaven at the moment. We're on earth, and there's lots of pressures that come against us on earth. And as we're living on earth, we're living in the culture and the system that we're used to. Now, we have a bit of a laugh here because in the church here, we've got a number of different cultures that come together. And so we learn from things from each other. But we understand that some cultures are better at timekeeping than other cultures. We just understand those things. And we have laughs about all sorts of different things. Things that happen at Christmas or different times of the year in different cultures mean things. But what we know is in this culture, as living in the United Kingdom, we know that there are things that happen but we don't almost notice them happening around us. Let me give you an example. Now, we would know that Scripture would say, look, really, talking about somebody behind their back is not good. That's not loving somebody. That's not being honest with somebody. But you know what? In this country, it happens all the time. People talk about people. When you're at work, you've got your colleague, oh, that boss, have you heard what he said now? Have you heard the way they're behaving? Have you heard this? Have you heard that? And you're talking about, oh, no, no, but that's not talking behind somebody's back. That's just what happens. Now, as soon as you think of one of those situations, oh, that's just the way it is. Hold on. What do you mean that's just the way it is? What you mean is, I am now conforming to society's norm. 
And of course, the problems that the church has in these days is what is society saying about sexuality? What is society saying about gender? It's saying all sorts of things that don't tie up anymore to what this is saying. So we have a pressure, and the church feels that pressure. You understand that pressure, but there's a lot of other things that we all sort of like pass us by. We're not really aware of them. Why? Because we're immersed in the system of this world and our culture. And those wicked ways, we don't call them wicked because that's the way it is. That's what I've always done. That's the way we behave. That's the way I was brought up. That's what I was taught. You were taught in the ways of the culture in which you grew up in. And not all of those ways are kingdom ways. And those are just the ways that we walk in. Now, when God puts his light on those ways, we start to see something like, whoa. For instance, this issue of talking behind people's backs, I have a lot more to learn about that. I have a lot more that I need to get changed about that. Because I slip into that. And I know you're all looking at me quite condemningly, but I'm just going to say, just look at yourselves a little bit as well, okay? Don't put all the focus on me at the moment. I'm just admitting to it. But you know what I mean. These ways. And here we are as a people saying, God, I want this now. Please, can you hear me? If I shout louder, will you hear me? And God says, I'm looking, but I see such terrible offense. Because of our sins, he has turned his face away. And he cannot hear. It's almost like, you know, his ear is now just turned away, so you're speaking, but he's not catching in his ear anymore. It can affect our prayer life. This is a reality. If my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. In other words, when God starts to shine a light on something and saying, hey, I'm going to show you this in your life. Come on. Here comes my light. Now we have a responsibility to actually start listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying and implementing that. When we are doing those things and actioning those things, then God says, I will hear from heaven. I will hear from heaven. And I will turn and heal their land. There's things that come against us. Things in our hearts that we put up barriers with. God wants us to be open-hearted. But there are things in our ways, just the culture, the system, the things that we walk in, that cause us to have God turn his face away from us. I don't know about you, but we, don't, we can't afford to have God turn his face from us. Hence, we need to come to prayer. Father, you alone are the light of the world. In your light, we can see. So we're asking you, Lord, let your light shine upon us. Let your truth come to our hearts. Open our hearts so that we may see the ways. Give us grace, oh God, to walk in your kingdom ways. Help us. Now, in truth, we need to be interceding for our nation too because we are in such difficult times with the laws of the land that are now coming against the laws of God that it's going to be difficult for us to walk forward. There will be persecution that will come because of these things because suddenly we recognize, are we following the ways of God or are we going to follow the ways of the world, the laws of this country? And when they become more polarized and more polarized, then the people of God have to say, no, I have to make a choice. And it costs. 
Because there may be all sorts of things, laws, regulations. When you break the laws of the land, you suffer from the justice that that land can bring. Jesus said this, listen folks, my kingdom is not of this world. Then suddenly you realize, whoa, the kingdom that we're serving is not of this world. It's in heaven. That's the kingdom that we're serving. So I'm no longer serving the things of the people of this earth but I am serving the things of the kingdom of God. And we want to give our hearts to that. So our hearts and our ways, and the problem of our ways. And finally, our attitude. Our attitude. Hebrews 4, verse 15 and 16 says this, For we do not have a high priest. Now listen to this, because it's encouraging for us. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses. Can you hear this? We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet the difference between him and us is that he was without sin. But we have somebody who understands what we're going through. There's somebody in heaven, Jesus Christ, of whom it cannot be said, you don't understand. He does understand what we are going through. Then it goes on to say, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Now, what have I just been talking about? The ways that we're walking in, the things that we're doing, the the, the stuff that's been taught us by our mums and dads that we think is the right way and we can never give up on that. The things that we're locked in, listen, he still understands. He still understands. And if any of those ways are wicked, and we're struggling to turn from them, he still understands, but he is able to help us. And what he said is, listen, you need to come to my my throne of grace. You need to come to me. You need to get in that place of prayer and bring yourself to me. Because I can help you. Can you hear this? We have somebody who can help us. So often we're finding the circumstances are getting us down. If I preach for a long time about the fact of our sins separating us from God, we feel separated. We feel as though it's not possible for us. But I'm now moving on to a place where we need to have a new attitude. A new attitude of boldness and perseverance. Because he has said, I want you to approach me because I am approachable and you, when you approach me, you will find grace to be able to help you in your hour of need. There's somebody for us to turn to, but we need to have an attitude that is going to get us there. Both the passage that we read at the beginning, Luke 18, was talking about that. Let me tell you a story to encourage you that you should always pray and not give up. What was the story? It was about the unjust judge. He didn't want to give the old lady justice. So what does she do? Hello? It's me again. And it says in the story, oh, for goodness sake... She's going to wear me out. You see, there is an attitude that she had. I'm here to wear him out. I'm here to wear him out. Clive was talking about or encouraging us in the being persistent of praying for people. What he's saying is, God, I'm going to wear you out. (laughs) It's me again. I've got this problem here on earth. God says, this is good. I'm trying to teach you something here. 
Get something of that attitude in you. Take on board that. Get that spirit within you that says, I'm not giving up because I know that you will hear me. If there's sin in the way, show me. If there's a hindrance or blockage, show me. If I need to change my ways, show me. Give me grace, oh God. But as we keep on, so often what happens is, give me grace today. I'm feeling it today, but tomorrow it's forgotten about because there's so much else that's going on. That's not persistence. Persistence means you persist. You continue. You are pressing in upon it. There is an attitude that comes to it. And we receive that from Luke 18. But it's not only that story that we can read. Let's just read Luke 11. Here's another story. Luke 11 is a great uh, chapter on prayer, by the way, if you want to to read this. So this is another one. Jesus, and in Luke 11, he's just been teaching his disciples about the Lord's Prayer. And then he comes on to say this. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me, the door is already locked and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks the door will be opened. When it comes to prayer, we need to have an attitude. Guys, you can come up. We need to have an attitude. We need to be bold and we need to persevere. That's what we need to do. Prayer is about our relationship with God and we know that our relationship needs strengthening. Our relationship needs work on. Our relationship needs to be put into practice. And therefore we need to be bold. Jesus in John 16 says this, I've told you these things so that you may have peace. And then he goes on to say this, in this world you will have trouble. (laughs) Thanks. In this world you will have trouble. Is that true? Yes, it's true. But Jesus doesn't leave it there. He says that we should take heart. I, he says, have overcome the world. You see how you get perspective? In this world, you're going to have problems. In this world, you're going to have troubles. Things are going to come against you. That's what's going to happen. But let me encourage you with this. I've overcome I have overcome the world. And we want to put our confidence in him. We need an attitude. Listen, we need to come to God with our hearts to say, Lord, please, let me open my heart to you. I want to give you my heart. I want my heart to be completely open before you. I want my ways to be purified before you. Holiness isn't just something that's talked about in churches. Maybe that's a good idea. Holiness is something that we need to pursue because it's his kingdom values coming into our lives, being lived out into our lives. But there's purpose behind holiness. It helps us to connect more with God. It helps us to open the way with God. It helps us to be heard in our prayers with God. But we also want to have an attitude before God, an attitude of boldness, an attitude, not of blasé, but an attitude of breaking in. God, I am here because I want answers. 
I'm here before you because you understand me. I'm here before you because you have overcome. The reason I'm here is because you have conquered the world. The reason I'm here is because you are the only one who can give me the answers that my heart is looking for. I need you. See that, when we come to that place, that's the beginning of real prayer. I need you. I can't do it on my own. And until we come to that place, we struggle. But when we recognize the limitation that is truly within us, he starts to be able to take over and our hearts begin to connect with him. I need you, Lord. More than yesterday, I need you, Lord. More than words can say. I need you, Lord. And our hearts can open up before him and can connect to him. And that's what we want to do. I want to say to you, look, in the beginning of February, the 3rd of February to the 5th of February, we're going to be having another 36 hours of prayer here. Because we're not just preaching about this because prayer is a good subject to talk about. We're preaching about this because we want to become a house of prayer. That's what God's house is supposed to be like. And therefore we want to look, we do need to look at ourselves. We need to examine ourselves. We need to ask ourselves, what is it that hinders me? Why don't I like this? What is ask yourself all the questions that's going on, but seek to find answers. Don't be afraid, people. The worst that can happen is that God shines his light and you find out, whoa, I didn't know that was in me. The best that can happen is your relationship goes deeper. Don't be afraid, but look at the things that hinder your prayer life. What stops you coming to corporate prayer times here? You know that it's easier to pray with other people than it is sometimes by yourself? Because you get other people around you, wow, they're praying, I suppose I ought to. That's what it, sometimes it feels like that. Gosh, they've got something to say. God, can you help me too? Or you can hear, you eavesdrop somebody else's prayer and you say like, amen, I, I, that's what I want. That's what I need. And so you start to be able to pray yourself. Corporate prayer times are great encouragement times. They're not always the easiest of times, but they are encouraging times. What hinders you from connecting during our corporate prayer times? What's going to hinder you from coming to one of these 36-hour prayer watches, one of those 12 watches that we're going to have. Let me just say to you, look, it's going to be from the 3rd of February, that's a Friday, 8 o'clock on a Friday evening, going through to 8 o'clock in the morning on the Sunday morning. There's going to be prayer happening here all the time. Let's, an op oh, that's coming up. Let me connect with that. Let me get myself involved with that. Let me open myself up. Why? Because God wants to make this place a place of prayer, a house of prayer, and he wants to build it into your lives. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Start to walk that God can carry you further. Start to enable him to affect your life. You remember when you said, Lord, I give you my heart? I have another opportunity of giving your heart to him. Let's just stand together. Let's just sing that song, Lord, I give you my heart. This is my desire to honor you. This is my desire.
Father, in the name of Jesus, you are the one who looks not on the outside, but the one who looks upon our hearts. And Father, we come to you as a people, Lord God, who are broken. Father, we have so much need of you, oh God. Our hearts have become hardened. Lord, we want to give you our hearts, but we find so much that comes against us. So much that keeps us in a place of hardness or distanced from you. And yet, Father, we know deep within we need you, oh God. Father, would you have mercy upon us? Would you reignite the work of your Holy Spirit? In the name of Jesus, would you open the wells of life to us? That we may be able to imbibe from the very wisdom and understanding of heaven. Father, help us. Help us to draw near to you. Help your presence to overshadow our lives. Lord, when we are away from church, when we are away from others, in that secret place, we pray, Heavenly Father, visit us. Visit us, O God. Let your light shine upon us, O God. Cause, O God, your word to come to our hearts. That we may no longer be distant, that we may no longer be lacking in relationship, but Father, that you would encourage and strengthen us and deepen our prayer lives in you. That truly this house will become a house of prayer. That everything, oh God, that breathes prayerlessness into our lives, those things would be stopped. Those things would be overcome. Those things would be shattered and broken. That we may be a prayerful people before you, Lord. And that we would know your presence and your power in our lives. We pray, Holy Spirit, may you dwell within us to produce abundant fruit for the sake of the kingdom of God. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I just want to say to you, there will be a prayer team down here. Maybe even now, as we finish the service, you just want to go back to your seat, just sit down or turn around, kneel at the chair, and just call upon God. Ask for mercy. Ask for mercy. None of us is good enough. You can forget whether you think you're good enough. None of us is good enough. We don't know the right words to bring. We don't know how to present ourselves. We lack in every way, but He doesn't lack. He is the high priest who will enable us to overcome. He understands us and he wants to lift us up. If you feel really bowed down and you want prayer, there's a team here who will pray with you. But don't let your head be cast down. Look unto Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. In this world, yes, you're going to have troubles in the world. It goes without saying, you're going to have troubles in the world. But fear not, for I have overcome. Let's stop trying to do everything the world's way. Let's come back to what God says and do things His way, that He may have His way in our lives. Father, we bless You for this time together this morning. We want to thank You, Holy Spirit, that You love us. We want to thank You, Holy Spirit, for the gift that You are in our lives. We pray, Holy Spirit, take us deep, deeper, deeper into You.
during this week. The word that we have heard, let it not be snatched away, but let it find that soil where it can produce a harvest of righteousness in our lives. Cause us to turn to you, Lord. Encourage and strengthen us in prayer. Guide us and lead us in every way. You are our shepherd. We declare it over us. You are our shepherd. We shall not be in want because you are the one who watches over us and protects us. Therefore, Lord, we surrender to you and we allow you to have your way in our lives during this week that your glory may be seen and that your kingdom may come. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.